Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. I don't know what was going on there. My voice just cracked a little bit. I don't know if you heard it. I'm sure you probably did, but uh, it, it, it is a little bit earlier than normal when I record, so maybe that has to do with it. But today we are already on Psalm chapter 23, verse 4. We are just marching right through Psalm chapter 23. I hope that you're enjoying this here, and I hope that you're uh, really seeing some truths about contentment in Psalm 23. If you're seeing some truths about contentment that perhaps you hadn't seen before from Psalm 23, or if this uh, this series has just been a blessing to you, Go ahead and leave a comment uh, just just to let, let me know and to let others know, too, to encourage them as well. Uh, you don't have to tell your story. You don't have to do anything like that. Um, but just let, let me know that it is being a blessing to you because uh, that's always good to hear. But let's go ahead and let's jump into Psalm chapter 23 here this morning. And like I said, we're going to be focusing in on verse 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's what we're going to be going over here uh, this morning. And when we're looking at this, I want to see three things that I want you to consider while you're looking at contentment. And I want you to remember these three things, because this is this is something that's really important. So when considering contentment, remember, the first thing is, is that trials will come. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I, I mean, I, I think that there's some confusion, perhaps, about what the valley of the shadow of death is. I, I, I don't know that everybody knows what that is. But one thing that I am certain is that nobody thinks that that's sunshine and rainbows. Everybody realizes that this is talking about a trial, a trial that is coming in your life. And this is something that we don't talk about that much in Christianity today. If you go back a couple hundred years ago uh, in the the 1700s and the 1600s, even before that, people talked about trials, the reality of trials, the reality of death. And though it, it seems like it's something that's doom and gloom, it is something that is so important so that we can have the right perspective in life, but also so that we can have not just the right perspective, but so that we can also have the right expectation in life. So many people today kind of just skip through life, not realizing that trials are going to be coming for them. Trials are going to be put in their life, that they're going to have difficulties, they're going to come against difficult things, and this is important that you realize it so that when you're struck with a trial in your life, you don't become immobilized and, uh, and inca- in- incapacitated, but that you can go through that trial, and how much better would it be, not only that you go through that trial, but you go through that trial with contentment. Because perhaps you're you're right now in the midst of a trial and you go, well, I, I've been around the block more than once, so I know that we're going to have trials in life. But but it's not just that you're going through a trial, but instead of 
you, you know, going through it victoriously with contentment in your life, you're, you're just going through it with drudgery. Well, that's not what is being talked about in Psalm 23. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is comfort and there is contentment that we find in the psalmist here. But before we get into that, you do need to realize that you should expect to go through trials in life because you will go through trials. There's three places you can be in life. One is in the midst of a trial. The next one is, is just exiting a trial. And the third one is, is that if you're not in one of those two places, you're in this other place. And that is called just about to enter a trial life because of the sin curse upon this earth means that you will be coming up and facing trials on a daily basis. Every single day, you'll either be entering in the midst of or exiting a trial. And these trials can be of, uh, of different uh, difficulty, and they can be, of course, of difficult or different lengths of time. But you do need to realize the reality of trials. And then you need to see, I mean, I'm getting excited about this. The promises of God are not that we won't go through trials, but it's that we can go through them victoriously and that we can go through them with comfort and contentment. See, even in the book of James, it puts it this way in James chapter one, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It's not an if statement. It's a when statement. You are going to go through trials. But let's talk about this valley of the shadow of death, because th this is obviously seeming like a big, big trial here. And this idea of the valley of the shadow of death, it's, it really means shadow and death. It's, it's in valley. It's really well uh, translated here, but it's used to describe an encompassing darkness. And this really gives two different ideas. One is simply put difficult trials. And we know we'll go through trials, and some of these trials will be very difficult. They'll be very hard. I know that some of the, uh, the, the greatest trials that I've gone through in my life and my wife has gone through and we've gone through together uh, is the inspiration of, of what drove me to Psalm 23 uh, several years ago now, and, and that is uh, miscarriages and infertility. And those were extremely, extremely difficult trials to go through and extremely difficult to find contentment, but it wasn't because contentment couldn't be found. It was because I was looking in the wrong places. But, but we think about these trials, the trial could be a loss of a loved one. Maybe it could be great sickness that comes into your life, uh, or maybe the loss of wealth or income. All of these things uh, could be deep, dark trials in your life, and we know that these kind of things do happen in life, and the reality of it is, is that you will go through trials, and some of them will be incredibly difficult. You need to understand that. But the second thing that it could be talking about here in the Valley of the Shadow of Death of really going and, and covering is specifically that trial of death. And of course, it's important that you realize in life that you will face death, the only uh, the only thing that you won't face death with is if the rapture comes, if Jesus comes back while you're still on this earth. But in Hebrews 9.27, it tells us this, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this judgment, we are going to face death because of the sin-cursed world and the sin that we inherited, the sin nature that we inherited. Uh, so we are going to go through death, and that means we will go through the valley of the shadow of death. And perhaps this will be the greatest trial that every Christian faces is that, that trial of death. But as Christians, we don't go through it without hope. 
We go through it with great hope and a sure hope. It's not a hope that's wishing upon a star, but it is a sure, solid foundation that Jesus Christ has provided a way of salvation for us, and we rest in that. He says in John chapter 14, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What an incredible hope. And just a little bit further down in that passage, verse 6, he says, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We know it's only through Jesus Christ. And then we have sure promises. But this allows us to go through the trial of death and, and any trial, really, with great confidence. Because the only threat that death brings to the Christian is the threat of heaven. Even with our great hope, though, this is still a dark shadow, as of course it is uh, the fully mature child of sin, for the wages of sin is death. And that's, that's what we're coming to now. Of course, it's not the second death, which is the eternal death, uh, if you're a Christian, but it, it, it is, it is the, the fully mature child of sin. But during our darkest night, we long to be comforted, and of course, we should long to have contentment as well. But no matter the night, how dark the night is, if we're walking the veil or if it's some other tragedy, we need to be seeking Christ and comfort. In fact, Charles Spurgeon put it this way. He said in a sermon, Songs in the Night, Usually in the night of the Christian's experience, God is his only song. And this is going to be an important principle for you to understand if you're struggling with contentment and in your, you're in the midst of a great trial. For the Christian, the only song that we have is God. That's ultimately where we find our comfort. That's ultimately where we find our contentment. And that brings us to the second thing. When considering contentment, remember God shepherding comforts us. Now remember, once again, shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, that's the main verb in the passage in most of this chapter, including verse 4, is pointing back to God's shepherding. And this is key because contentment is only found in Christ. You will not be content seeking contentment in other places. If you're not seeking Christ, if you're not seeking his shepherding, if you're not seeking his care, if you're not seeking his leading in your life, you're going to come up short when it comes to contentment. In fact, you will not be content if you seek even contentment itself, but it's only when you seek to know him, God, and to know him more that you're going to find contentment. And this is how we must, or this is something we must remember, especially when we're in the, the valley of the shadow of death in our life or a great and deep, dark trial. God is our only song. He is the only one who can cheer your heart, and he is where we find our contentment. See, in the midst of trials, uh, in, in different times of my life, I have found that there are generally two responses from Christians. I mean, sometimes people just give you completely terrible advice, but uh, generally Christians who are giving at least well-intentioned advice, um, one of the things that they do, and they're sincere, is a lot of times there are those people who appointed me to mercies in the blessings of God. And those are wonderful things, but they miss pointing you to God himself. Now, there are a few that point us to God and God alone, but it is important to remember that that is the goal, is that we point others 
and that we ourselves point ourselves in that direction of God and God alone, not even the benefits of God, although we should remember the benefits of God. Those are great things, but it's not until you even pull back the layers of the benefits of God and get to who God is, which of course that's where his benefits flow from, that you will find contentment. Are you truly satisfied in seeking Christ to knowing God? That's where real contentment is found. Everything else is going to lose its luster. Even even the blessings that God brings, if you're not truly seeking to know him, to know the heart of God, those blessings are even going to become, well, faded in your mind because what's going to happen is that you're just going to start using God as a magic genie that, hey, he gives me the wishes in my heart's desire, but it's only when we align our heart's desire with the heart of God that we find true contentment. Remember, Christ and Christ alone is our source of contentment and our source of comfort. The final thing they want us to see here this morning is that when remembering contentment is that part of his shepherding is comfort. Part of God's shepherding is comfort. See, it goes and it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. God is with you. Therefore, you can fear no evil. This doesn't mean that you won't encounter evil. In fact, we're going to see here uh, just a little bit later on in the study that you will actually see evil. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. This actually means that you will encounter evil. You're going to encounter as a Christian evil plots, the general evil of the world. And of course, through all of this evil, we can fear not if God is with us and we know that God is with us. And one of the things that I've found in all of my pastoring, which by the way, pastor, it means shepherd. So in all of my shepherding of people, and I've, I've walked through dozens, actually well over 50 people, over 60 people, probably, um, probably near a hundred people. Now that I'm really thinking about it through the valley of the shadow of death, through uh, this idea of walking family members through losing a, uh, or people who are losing a family member through that. And even the person itself themselves walking them through, going through the valley of the shadow of death and, uh, and, and going across the veil into, uh, into being with our Lord some, of course, it's it's not that case. Some weren't Christians. But the greatest comfort is often not found in words, but in presence. When someone is inconsolable, speaking to them often makes it worse. But a hug, and I'm not a hugger, but I'm just telling you this is, this is how it works. A hug or, or even just putting your hand on their back, it often is the comfort that they need. And we see this truth even in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, and it says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What is the truth that God is conveying there? His comfort comes from his presence, and it is when we are comforted by God that we can see contentment and that we can find contentment. You're never going to be content when you're encompassed by fear. Fear breeds discontentment. They go hand in hand. So therefore, comfort and contentment go hand in hand because they're the opposite of fear and discontentment. 
Now, what are these instruments that God uses? He says that he uses his rod and his staff to comfort us. Now, the rod, this is a long stick that the shepherd, uh, that has a shepherd's crook on the end of it. And it was used for a couple different reasons. One, it was used in counting sheep. Uh, They would go and have the sheep pass under them. And then, of course, they can stop the sheep from going into the sheepfold with this this staff. Uh, But with this, that speaks to a truth here. And that is the personal shepherding of God in our life. You know, God isn't just this idea of a general shepherd over everyone, and he's kind of directing all things in a general way. That's that's not what God is doing. God actually knows your number. He knows about you. He knows the difference between you and your neighbor, and, and he is shepherding you. He has a personal sense of shepherding. God knows you personally, and he wants to shepherd you. Now, isn't that amazing when we think of contentment? when we think of comfort, that God knows me and he's shepherding my life. Wow. The second thing, though, that this staff was used for is it was used for correcting the sheep. When a sheep goes astray, it's used to pull them back or to help rescue them when their path is in danger. And God's correction in our life, though it may be difficult, it proves his love for us. In Hebrews 12, 6 and 7, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects, and he scourges every son who he receives. If you endure chastening or correction, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? God, in his shepherding, corrects us and he puts us on that path. If you remember back to yesterday, it's that idea of restoring our soul that we need to repent, come back to the right path. That's that idea. And he does that, of course, with his staff. He brings correction and he brings a personal aspect into our shepherding. He cares personally and deeply about your life and he wants you on the right path. The next thing, or excuse me, that was the rod. The next thing is the staff. And the staff was a long stick that was used to lean on during a journey for the shepherd. And this indicates God's support in our life. He upholds us with his hand is what we see here in Isaiah chapter 41. And in the midst of your greatest difficulties, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you can and you should lean upon God. You can and you should lean upon God. Well, today I want to conclude by asking you a question, and this is it, or reminding you of a truth, really, but it's going to come into a question. When considering contentment, remember, you have a choice. You have a choice. What choice will you make? What choice will you make? See, we have seen that we will go through trials in our life, that God is the God of all comfort, and he does comfort us. And that he personally shepherds us and he personally corrects us and we can lean on him personally. But this doesn't mean that you're going to be content. You see, we must choose to put Christ in our focal point, in our circumstances, in our peripheral vision. Contentment only comes when you seek Christ and you make him the focal point of your life. Where are your eyes your spiritual eyes today? Are they set upon Jesus Christ or are you looking at your circumstance? See, if you're looking at your circumstance, you're going to be overwhelmed by your circumstances and you are going to be discontent. But if you look away from your circumstances and you say, where is Christ? I want to look to him. 
I want to know him more. I want to pursue Jesus Christ. That is where you'll find contentment. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle.